an Englishman in San Diego at Lawless Comic Con 2023. Rogue Trooper Reunion Panel. I'm not one for leaving these guys sat here looking vaguely awkward, so I think we'll dive in. Right then. Good morning, everybody. Well, good afternoon now. How, are you, how, is, how is everyone? How's everyone enjoying Lawless so far? Yay! It's back, and it's good to have you here. So there we go. Um, as you may have noticed in the programme, when it comes to the panels, this is the monster of a panel uh, for the weekend. Uh, an, hour, an hour and a half uh, with the... Uh, uh, talent we have on uh, stage. You've got your uh, timings right on this, Sorry? You've got your timings right. I believe it's an hour and a half. I don't. You don't? <laughs> no. Hang on. Let's make it an hour. Make it an hour? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll make it an hour. 20 minutes. Any, any way that kind of hastens the time to the bar, I'm okay with. But there we go. Uh, but uh, great to have you here. This is our uh, Rogue Trooper uh, reunion panel. And we have a plethora of uh, fine talent here on uh, uh, our stage. I'm going to make, go through my list so I make sure I don't miss anybody out. Uh, Mike Dory, artist on Mac One. Many acclaimed future shots and of course Trooper. Uh, Mike Collins, uh, co-creator of American Gothic, artist of Dread Slain and uh, Sister Dexter. Uh, Patrick Goddard. Currently doing a storyline called Blighty, Vi- uh, Blighty Valley. Uh, with Garth Ennis uh, from Prog, uh, Prog 2326 and also one of the biggest Star Wars fans I know. Uh, so there we go. Uh, Chris Weston. Numerous stories uh, throughout the course of his year. Uh, Henry Flint. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I also have uh, a full run of the Hawk the Slayer he's recently Yay. done, which I left at home because I'm an ass. Um, and uh, Dave Gibbons, who's done some stuff. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, our Road Trooper reunion panel. Um, It's safe to say uh, Road Trooper has become one of the most popular and enduring characters in 2000 AD, um, all the way back from his inception. And I do realise that uh, we have people on the panel that have perhaps uh, contributed to that long-standing history a little bit later on, so I want to kind of talk a little bit big picture uh, so we can allow them to have some contribution uh, before we leave them at the back end of the conversation. So we'll uh, kind of dive in. What do you feel has made Rogue Trooper the endearing character that he has, even with some of the misfirings of some of the stories? Why is the character so endearing? And why is the, the world and the, the, kind of the, the universe that has been created so enduring? I think we'll start right at the very end of the, uh, the room. We'll start with you, sir. That's what I'm going to throw you under the bus on that one. Why, why is Rogue Trooper, as a character, do you feel so endearing as a user? He's so well-drawn. That's uh, well, yes. Yes, the, right, the writers can go jump. The artists were the ones that really made Rogue Trooper stand out. Absolutely. I think we'll all agree that. I, I, well, it's futuristic. Why would now? We look at some of the guns around in the world now. That's a really old-fashioned weapon. It's supposed to be in the future. Mm. You know, it's, um, no, it's just have budget cuts in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really enjoy drawing it, and it's, uh, I think some of the his enemy, like the Lords and uh, the I did a load of apes and mutant apes. I did on one. Mm. Uh, it's just a man against a hostile environment on his own. It's, uh, it's, and the, the fact that his uh, dead buddies were involved as well. I, I just it was a really, really good, strong story. Dave was one who uh, started it. Indeed. Well, the, the drawing part of it, obviously, Jerry Finley. Dave. Yeah. It would be great to have Jerry here as well because he's the man who, with me, kicked the whole thing off. You, you designed his outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. And I was saying to somebody this morning, the, the Nord costumes, you know, the sort of gas suits, are actually what the Americans use in Vietnam against Agent Orange. Oh, right. A little bit authentic, you know. A bit of research done there. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some, uh, some uh, with a saw, sawing some concrete. And I said, I was reading you mustn't inhale dust. And I've got a Second World War German Army gas mask. Right. So I put it on and I, I put a photograph on Instagram somewhere. So I said, don't you know, it's got asbestos in it. Oh, shit, so I took it off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. wow. How long did it take you to... Design, Dave, because we, we, we oh. saw lots of other 
I'll, I'll, I'll just be over here. <laughs> we, we, we saw some interesting other potential versions. There was one where he looked more like a corpse with wires hanging out of him. Yeah. Did he have scales at one time? He's supposed to have scales all the time. He's supposed to have reptilian skin. Yeah, and no. the, the thing that even I lost track of, and quite a lot of the artists didn't pick up on it, is if you look at his helmet, it's like a cobra. It's yeah. like a thing with eyes. And the way, that, <coughs> the way that the strap comes around, the light, yeah. the light Let me demonstrate with you. Let me demonstrate with you. <laughs> <laughs> so th this is like, you imagine it's been a cobra. Yeah. So that's what that is. Oh, we should have known that. Yeah. And those are the... I thought it was just like an uh, afternoon uh, American army hanging on steroids. Like Gibbons, he's all sneaking stuff in. Oh, yeah. this is fake. It's a snake fetish. I took the, the paint on this thing and sent you that bloody thing there on the front. Like, I, don't, I always forget what shit that's supposed to be because there's one on his pack, one on the gun. Yeah, no, one is him. Yeah, number one is him. Two is his gun and three is his pack. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> 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 I thought that was the gun. And that, yeah, the boots that, fall. Yeah. Bloody guns are drawers. <laughs> yeah, well, I discovered that. Just, just <laughs> second week of the I wish I made it more futuristic. You know, just a blob. I always thought it was like an American army helmet. Oh, something yeah. on steroids. Yeah, that's that's well, really good. Cool. Well, okay. Because you know, I was saying about the gas suits. I, I had a Japanese, one of these obsessively comprehensive Japanese books about things. You know, the thing books. This was about the U.S. Army, so every fit of uniform, every hat, every steel helmet, every pair of boots in the American Army. And so I was basing that very heavily on a, on a sort of GI from World War Two. You know, that's what I thought. That's I thought the way yeah, Cam Camdrew was very much like a GI. Yes. You, you know, it's like especially how he shadowed it. But it's like the shape. It kind yeah. of made sense looking at it there. But the Cobra, I've never seen it no, until no, this I mean, second. I'm not sure I've seen about the Cobra. I think <laughs> When it came with the eyes as well. Wow. When it came to the actual, sorry, when it came to actually introducing uh, the book, and this is definitely now talking to yourself, Dave. Uh, when it came to uh, uh, talking uh, about Rogue Trooper and uh, introducing him into 2080, was it more like a an, an attempt at kind of that hangover from the war comics days, your um, your commando and your that kind of. <laughs> That vibe that you, they wanted to introduce into 2080, because I know it was a it was a, 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 a redevote. Yeah, it was a redevote. What sort yeah. of stories would you like to see in 2080? And I think Future War was one of the checklists. Yeah. And it, it would like for Future War, you know, it sells itself really. So was, when <laughs> well, when you had that kind of design element, then were you trying to give it a little bit more of a hang back to those classic design elements from American well, Vietnam? Well, or did you want to go full on future war tech 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 yeah but the thing was with Rogue himself um, is that he's actually a really stripped down soldier and the main selling proposition of Rogue Trooper is that he's involved and can regenerate any injuries so he doesn't really have to wear complex suits he's, he's about as stripped down as you can he's got a gun a helmet and a backpack and that's virtually it um so, Did that make it easy as a design element just to draw? Well, just, it, to, just do the body? Yeah, but it makes it work if you've got people like the Norts and the rest of the, the Southers who've got these really bulky suits on. It's, it's a good contrast with that. Sure. So that's the way to draw Road Trooper. And so he becomes like, you know, we were going to call him something like the Universal Soldier or something. In, in what he's got, he I think could, that one was claimed. Yes, he could almost be from World War One or World War Two or Vietnam. That was, that was the kind of feeling. Well, those things around his ankles. Sorry? Those things around his ankles. I couldn't work out what they were meant to be. I never figured that out. But I, think, <laughs> 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 I think I had it. I don't know why it should just be his ankles, but there was. Um, we were talking earlier to somebody about the Forever War by a writer called Joe Haldeman, yeah. who served in Vietnam. And he had this idea that people would have these battle suits, and around all the joints, there would be like razor guillotine things, so that if you got shot in the leg, so you didn't bleed out just chop the rest of your leg off and seal it up. So at one point I had the idea that Rogue might be like that, that he'd, he, you know, if he got badly injured, he'd, he would chop his whole arm off and then it would regenerate over the course of weeks. But we, we never really got around to doing that. So there were lots of ideas swimming around. 
um, and eventually Stephen Banner said to get me and Jerry in the same room together because my ideas weren't the same as his ideas and work out what worked mm. and what didn't. So it was, you know, we both got involved in the, in the way it looked and the way the story went. But it was Stephen Manners who said, right, okay, there's enough fanning about creating characters. We've, we've got to get the first story, we've got to decide. <coughs> so Just how, how divergent were your ideas? Because, I mean, I've, I've kind of read into the, 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 the origin with Jerry and yourself. And that you were—you really did have to get pulled into an office to kind of like yeah. put it together. How far apart were you when it came to? Well, Jerry's a really creative writer, I and mean, he's come up with some fantastic concepts, and some not quite so good concepts. But one of the ideas he had in the early stages of Road Trooper was that he was going to be like a European soldier, and I kid you not, the idea was that his legs were made in Italy. So that he could run away quicker. <laughs> Whereas I saw that, that what I had in mind was much more like uh, Kane out of Kung Fu, disgraced Shaolin monk who wanders the Wild West, doesn't want to use his powers as a martial powers, but inevitably has to intervene. And I saw Saul Rogue as being like that, much more of a haunted character than a sort of not a comedy, but a sort of light-hearted standard hero. He was cursed by the fact that he could only exist on this planet. And he's literally haunted. Yeah, yeah. he's literally, and, and he can't die. You know, he just regenerates himself. So he's he's walking around in hell, basically. Okay. Um, sorry, I thought you were good. I didn't know he was haunted. He's haunted by the bio chips. Oh, right. I mean, speaking of uh, the biochips, Dave, okay, what is wrong with the biochips? Because you really have an issue with them uh, when I've heard uh, and read about you, You seriously have um, some concerns about using biochips in the story. Well, when I came around to write Road Trooper, the first thing I did was get rid of the biochips. Yeah. We're not having the biochips. And the only reader reaction I ever got over what I did was the story wasn't bad, but where are the biochips? We want the biochips, so they reinstate the biochips. And I know why they're, they're in there, and from the point of view of the writer, it makes things a lot easier because Rogue's got to talk to somebody, and he can't be the only trooper and not have any friends, so somehow it was a way of letting him have a dialogue with his, with his friends. But it, it was, that has a weird effect, though, because Rogue has got a sort of more or less a blank personality. He's just this soldier who does things. And like his backpack has got more personality than me. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a bit weird. It's, it doesn't sit well with me, but the readers like it. I know exactly why Jim Jerry did it, and I learned to live with it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the conception and when it comes to the, that initial artwork, um, I mean, it had such a strong uh, impression straight out the gate, and you were, you were drawing it like your life depended on it those first sort of five six issues are just absolutely staggering uh, out of the gate I mean was it something that you felt really personally invested in uh, as, a, as a story or was it because I know that the workload for 2008 is uh, it's a relentless pace or was it something you thought this is I'm going to have to pour blood sweat and tears into this yeah, I mean, I did spend a lot of time for which I wasn't paid any money actually designing it. I don't say that in a bitter way, but you know, when you're developing mm. something, that's not where you actually get paid. Sure. Mm. But I spent, I came up with loads of different designs. I typed out synopses and all sorts of things. It was a chance to do a character that was as popular as Judge Dredd was. You know, it was my chance to do Judge Dredd, as, if you like. Um, but we did have a bit of a lead into it. In fact, you know. Um, I probably didn't have to do them on a weekly. I know I didn't have to do them on a weekly basis. And I actually spent about twice as long as I normally would on the first episode because I wanted it to be just so. And I did a lot of rewriting, a lot of moving things around with, with Jerry's approval. That's, that's something I was going to ask actually because I know that um, uh, Jerry's um, writing is very. Uh, you describe it as stream of consciousness. Yeah. It's very kind of. It's very much. Out onto the page, yeah. and it, it's it's very much there. How much rewriting were you uh, implementing, and how much were you putting into uh, restructuring what he was doing? Well, I only really did it on the first episode. All oh, right, okay. And then I thought, because I've got huge admiration for Jerry's creative skills, and he comes up with great ideas, but he needs he's a bit like Jack Kirby needs a Stan Lee, if you know what I mean. And I thought his stuff was always better when it had been given a good editorial seeing to but I didn't have the time to do that so I said well I'll draw it from now on from the second one I'm 
but I'm not going to letter it because that means you've got to have the full screw. So I stepped back from it like, mm. like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it did take... The early one took a long time to draw, but really the rest of it no longer than I spent on anything else because it became become routine and I designed everything so I knew exactly where I was with it and just moved on. For all the artists on the stage, uh, what's your... Um, feelings about Rogue Trooper as a design uh, is there any elements of the new earth that you um, find as a challenge uh, uh, putting on uh, paper uh, I mean, I, I mean I, certainly there was um, uh, the, the challenges of having that very stoic character um, and getting the emotion uh, from uh, Rogue Trooper but then you've got the, the, the rest of the cast as well uh, if we just go down the uh, line for yourself, Chris, the, the challenges of uh, uh, a new future war and putting that onto the page. Um, I, I think I think it was an ideal strip for me to jump onto because I, uh, I was an army brat and uh, spent most of my childhood living in foreign countries on military bases. My dad was uh, a artificer sergeant major in the Remi. Oh, wow. uh, so I, I was, I was basically you were raised. Very, you were in the very army. invested. Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, that's definitely what attracted me to drawing it, because uh, I, uh, being, uh, especially with my dad being in the Remi, where he, he, you know, I'd forever go and visit him at work, and he'd be in a, a big hangar with dismantled tanks and stuff. So uh, I, I think all that probably had a, an influence on, yeah. You know, um, you know the way I drew the strip. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it, it just felt very natural to me, really. Uh, the hardest part for me it, it was um, the anatomy, because <laughs> you can't hide. You can hide if you got shit anatomy. Uh, you can hide the, any drawing judge dread. You can hide it under helmets yeah. and eagles and knee pads. But with Roe, you can't hide. He's, he's just he's bare chest. He's running around all the time. You, you, you can't fake it. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that was the thing I found hardest, and I really had to, uh, in a way, I had to sort of like put my love of the technical stuff all, uh, to one side and concentrate on, on the anatomy, uh, which is probably better for me in the long run. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Henry? Uh, challenges, likes, dislikes uh, in uh, rendering new earth and the, uh, the world. New yeah, I, I couldn't get the, the helmet right is uh, uh, I, th I think uh, I, was, uh, I mean knowing that it was a COVID that, that was amazing but I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> we should have known that years yeah. ago but it looked like because it, it's a three dimensional object uh, I, I had problems <coughs> around and like uh, uh, so, so you draw the face first and try and put the helmet on the face and, and the head and you know, perhaps it would be better to draw the helmet and then put the head in the helmet. Yeah. But, you know, there's all these mistakes that you make when you're first doing a project like this and you, you, you kind of learn as you go along. Because it was one of my first jobs with 2000 Oh, wow. Okay. And I think it was uh, mm. you, yeah. me, and uh, Steve Tappin, I mm. think it was. Yeah, so it's yeah. like the, the mm. three of us were, mm. were doing it. But I think I, I cartoonified it a bit too much because that was all I was no. capable of doing at the time. So I... I, I Kind of it, well, it's crying out for like really gritty artwork because it's a war story, you sure. know. And I bought loads of um, Sergeant Rock comics, so um, uh, and I was maybe a bit too influenced by that because I, I put Rogue in um, uh, in flares, flared trousers. <laughs> it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's a, uh, I think I should have looked back, you know, to sort of see what had gone before and, and try to make it a bit more... Um, How intimidated were you when you kind of got the, 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 the initial call to come do Rogue Trooper? Because of the, the the legacy that had gone before. I mean, how, how kind of... No, I was... I was uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the challenge. I think it was great to be given the opportunity. But, um, you know, the legacy as well of, uh, you know, both Dave and uh, Cam Kennedy was also a big favourite. And you know, for, for someone just starting out, that's very, it, not intimidating, but um, it, it's a challenge. So you have those comics next to you whilst you're actually doing your own work. So, you know, the influence just sure. uh, it, it just comes out. But also, uh, 
you feel you want to step up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, I should have got rid of the cartooniness and concentrated. Because I mean, it's Future War. It shouldn't be cartoon. It should be. Yeah. You know, people should immerse themselves into that um, uh, war uh, uh, world. You know, sure. and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think I'll do it again a lot differently than I... Oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah. Yourself, Patrick? Uh, things that you liked? The hardest thing, I think, uh, is when Garth would say, uh, all chips in show. So you'd have to, one, I think chip two's on his right, and then Bagman's on his left. So he wants to see all three chips in one panel. <laughs> Of course so you, always, you can only really draw it from his left, holding his gun, twisting a bit, and looking the other way. Thanks, Garth. Yeah, so that happens a few times. So, if, but yeah, that's the only tricky part with him. Uh, yeah, I gorge myself on sort of Dave's, Cam's, and Colin Wilson's sort of because it's all based in the first year or after his first year. The story that I've drawn. So, and uh, so I just try to keep it as simple as that and then I thought I'd be drawing all this lovely futuristic war <laughs> and it's in 1918 <laughs> in World War I so yeah so my reference changed somewhat so. okay. I will ask the questions as we move, uh, we'll go down so uh, uh, Mike uh, yeah. things that uh, you really enjoyed about uh, well I, I can't bring my dad's experience to this because he delivered bread for some less so <laughs> not much of a crossover there but, um, it depends where he delivered of course <laughs> Aggressively in a bedroom van, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what I really loved about the strip, and it's there right from the very first episode, is it was, it was what I found looking at it was use of tapping into the French stuff that was suddenly being exposed to at the time. So Enki Bilal and Mimius and all that. And I just, that's what I zoomed in on. I just thought, no, I want to do that. So the things I did, the strips I did with David Roach, um, the ones at Gordon Road. They were all in wrecked cities. Um, nothing an artist loves more than a wrecked city. Mm. Because you don't have to go straight lines anywhere. You yeah. do some noodling detail and everything's falling apart. I quite like the idea of the fact that Rogue is this like, lone samurai character that's wandering through all this. And that for me was always been the only little strip. That it's, it's like, like, you know, the first story is great because it's just one guy on his own. And then you get to you know Chronicles of Rogue, where it's just this big, stupid, bloated space opera, and you don't care anymore. Mm. The thing about Rogue is that this was a man with a mission, a man that had crossed. We are going to talk about where things start faltering a little bit, <laughs> in a bit. We'll, yeah. we'll crack but on. for me, that was the appeal of Hoffman. Can I just add, because you reminded me, Enki Bilal was a huge influence. It's a story. Mm. He's, uh, I think he's Hungarian, but he, yeah. he worked in or he works in France. Yeah. <clears throat> book called Exterminator 17 yeah, yeah. Oh, which yeah. is kind of pretty close to I, I kind of had that next to my drawing book when I was doing it <laughs> and then the other stuff that I was looking at a lot was um, War Picture Library because I was sharing a studio with Mick McMahon at that time and he loves War Picture Library so he yeah. got these classic War Picture Library and there's, there were some fantastic Spanish and Italian artists yeah. used to work on those so they sort of filtered through a bit yeah. as well and again because we're used to seeing and I think it's what you said at the start about the um, this is a through line from the, you know, the, the, uh, the war comics that we sure. on, you know, but it's tied into the 2000 year everything in the future that ethos yeah yeah, yeah sure so, and, and that was like a wonderful sweet spot in the middle of all that okay down the end, sir. Uh, did, I mean, certainly, is, is there any elements that you found uh, most appealing to draw? Well, and uh, was it was it more the characters, or was it the hardware? Where, where, where did you kind of uh, see? One of the most appealing things was this one single figure, so it made the players control. Hey! Uh, and I quite, the ones I did, he wasn't in any cities. He was in uh, sort of rocky terrain and in a wood, which is quite easy to draw as well. Uh, I've always drawn war stories. I mean, I came into Rogue and... Frog 89 or something, quite early. And the thing is, I was doing about 69 pages a week of artwork for battle action, action, uh, two were Victor and War for DC Thompson's and 2018. So I was really churning You were a busy boy. Very busy. And uh, that's what I, I really like the character bro. The Drawing the figure was no problem. It's all the bloody fire chips and the helmet and the gun. What's <laughs> the technique? And I was very familiar with all the Second World War weapons and stuff. Um, it's a real pain. So it's, uh, <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, I really enjoyed drawing it. Cool. And uh, I did like the fact that unlike, I quite like figure drawing, it's not been a problem. It's all the bits and bobs that go with it. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, talking about the different artists and the different styles that have been uh, attributed to Rogue Trooper over the years, I mean, no disrespect to Colin Wilson, but when uh, you did leave uh, the strip, um, Dave, uh, Colin did seem to have a, an art style that was trying to if not flow directly from yours, but certainly emulated uh, a lot of your um, art style. But then you had uh, Brett um, Evans coming along and just went in a totally different way. And then you've, got, you've had artists throughout the years that have really taken on uh, different styles for uh, Rogue Trooper over the years. I mean, Will Simpson with his uh, painterly style and all these different um, so like takes on Rogue Trooper, which have been, uh, other than yourself, the artist that you feel has given the most to Rogue Trooper over the years. Um, (laughs) It doesn't necessarily need to be somebody on this stage. You don't have to blow smoke up up anyone's arse because they're nearby. It could be anybody on this stage, but if there's anybody you feel that you've uh, seen on the page... Cam Kennedy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. now I'm in the position, I genuinely, I'm not blowing smoke up, I do admire the work of all these gentlemen here, so I would have to say that I've always thought they brought interesting and new and fresh views of the character. With um, with Colin Wilson as well, I actually knew him back in the day. Yeah. And I like what he brought to it as well, because what he did, he mixed into it, like Mobius or... Jean Giraud, yep. and he also mixed into I think you had that in there as well. Yeah, but he also mixed in, um, not Cam Kennedy, Ian Kennedy, oh, so yeah. the way that he drew yeah. wheels and flying machines and things like that. So I, I would like to think that the basic design and structure of Rogue and the setting is such that you can handle it in a number of different stylistic ways, a bit like you can with a character like Batman. So you can handle it in many different ways, but it still retains the integrity. And part of the fun is seeing how artists will diverge from what you thought was canon or, and actually frequently come up with something that you prefer to the thing that you did yourself. So I think I'd, I'd leave it like that. When um, on a different strip, when Brian Lewis, the late, great Brian Lewis, drew an episode or two of Dan Dare, I just looked at him and thought, God, he's drawing it so much better than I draw it every week. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it hasn't got anything to do with... No, it's just basically people bring a fresh view to it, and I think that helps invigorate the character as well. Sure. Anyone else on uh, the stage? Anyone whose uh, artwork really kind of spoke to you uh, when it comes to uh, to Road Trooper and what they brought to the uh, the characters? I mean, you were saying um, for yourself, Henry, that um, you you didn't. I mean, you'd read the stories, but you didn't. You decided to kind of let them sit there and do. You did your own thing, but did you? I th- see I th- other artists and go you know I, what I they've done something really I think it wasn't through choice I think it, it was David Camp's uh, 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 comics that I had sure. I, I, I could, because they were the ones that were reprinted in um, uh, Best of 2000 and those I had copies of those hanging around and uh, I didn't have anyone else's artwork simply because that was all the, the was. so um, uh, yeah it, it, I, I didn't I, I wasn't like a collector of like back progs from sure. a certain, well, from a certain era, I had them, but like from the road trip era, it was a bit hit and miss, sort of which episodes I had, so yeah, I had to make do with what I had, but I, I yeah, I, I, I love that, that period. I think with, with Cam's work was very, um, uh, it, 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 it seemed to be um, from one episode to the other that uh, he held like a, a, a consistency which I kind of admired and yeah. I, I thought wow that would be nice to have some consistency <laughs> yeah. something, you know. well in um, speaking of consistency Dave when you um, uh, introduced the character and also followed on uh, by uh, Colin Wilson it was a very stoic very kind of st- uh, strong jawed um, so sort of like a gung-ho kind of character but then you had uh, Brett who brought a, a very emotive uh, facial uh, to, I, I noticed when I was reading as a kid all of a sudden he's smiling or he's, um, he's being very emotive with his, um, uh, with his uh, characteristics which do you pref- I'm going to go down the line which do you prefer as your rogue, rogue trooper do you prefer that kind of like say David Carradine mm. single face very kind of uh, single shot or do you prefer 
a character which is being um, influenced by the emotion of the, the scene, uh, both positive uh, in that kind of uh, getting through the, uh, the, the scene or being haunted by war. Do you prefer your judge, uh, your judge dread, your rogue, well, same thing, yeah, same thing, your, your character, your rogue trooper to be stoic or kind of very much driven by the emotion of the scene? I think you should be stoical. I think you get him laughing and smiling. It's totally out of character. Hmm. You should just be grim-faced, like Judge Dredd, grim-faced and uh, not amused by anything, really. I don't think you should be smiling and uh, showing much emotion at all. He did some disco dance. We are going to be talking about the um, jumping of the shark very shortly, indeed. And Yes, that's going to be coming up. Can we say that to the really important thing that Brett brought to the strip? was having stick-down <laughs> chips that you could just put on the page, so rather than having to draw the entire... Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yes, of course. Literally put them on the page. Mm. And so, you know, that, that, that solved so many problems. That, as Patrick's saying about contorting the body to do that, you've just got those down there. And I, I, I discovered that at the, the very beginning, in fact, in the first episode, there's a picture where Rogue is running along and I split it into three, so yeah. that I could... Focus on each one, but there's a limit to the number of times you can do it. And as you yeah. say, you do some incredible contortions. And I think probably to have the, the chip superimposed, yeah. although I've left it right there, yeah. I think that's a, a, a was really nice yeah. Absolutely brilliant place. Yeah. I mean, mm. saved a lot of time. Yeah. And the fills are played. So it does. When you see the black block and then they paste them on yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, we'll talk about the, uh, the waves and the eras of uh, Rogue Trooper uh, when it comes to. Um, Jumping of the Shark, because uh, I've spoken to enough fans over the years, um, and the general response is that I read Rogue Trooper, I really loved it, and then something happened or an issue happened, and I, I fell away from it. And I, I, it took me a bit of time to then come back to the character and come back to the story, and I then kind of like came back to it in waves. And yes, the disco dancing Rogue Trooper is possibly one of the first times that I kind of stepped away from the character. Um, what... <laughs> no, 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 I, I didn't see that. No, you, 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 you missed that. Oh uh, yes, that would be. Uh, I'm trying to remember the storyline. It's the neuro. Fort Nero. Fort Nero. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for reminding me on that one. Uh, it was Brett. Yes, it was. Um, when it comes to the character and about coming back to a character and reinventing the character, I mean, uh, Dave, you did so famously, of course, with uh, Friday. Um, how? How open to reinterpretation do you feel is Rogue Trooper? Or is it as nailed down as... Because it is such a strong concept out of the gate. Um, how, how easy is it to reinvent Rogue Trooper? Or, or can it be done? Beyond just <laughs> wiping the slate clean and starting with a brand new character. Well, I think the fact that we're here talking about it... I mean, everybody on this panel is handling differently and has survived that and many other artists throughout the years. So I think there is a basic strength to the character. Someone earlier said it's, quite, it's just straightforward. He, he's, he's different than everybody else. He's haunted, he's sad. And if, as long as you keep that going, just like the same in Dread, that he's always immobile and he's always judgmental. And as long as you keep that, you can take huge liberties. I think I'm giving the same answer as I gave to the last question. Um, yeah. It's possibly, but I think, I mean, I'm, I think we're not just the artwork, I mean, what about the universe itself? I mean, we had, when the, uh, the, when we had the Traitor General uh, finally captured and uh, killed, and there was this real sense that the story kind of lost traction, and the, 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 the universe lost traction. It was a case of really struggling to kind of pick the ball back up and get running again. Um, I mean, why would Richard Kimball stay on the run once he's caught the one-armed man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like hiding in dustbins. <laughs> with the reimagining of it that I did with Friday, I had plans for a, a whole series of sort of graphic novels after that. Not, not completely original concepts, but just to give you an idea of what I was thinking about. Was um, with the Conan books. You know, you see Conan a lot when he's, he's a young man and he's battling through the world. But there was also a set of books that Robert Howard wrote, which was King Conan. At the end of it, he's a much older man, and he's fought all the battles, and he's, he's the king. And I had an idea for a story where we see Rome many years in the future, where he is king. Mm. And what would he be like as a king? And, and you know, he'd probably get corrupted, and he probably 
would still not be happy. And he probably would end up still wandering off into the waste of the world that he once, once yeah. knew. And then another idea that I was going to nick was the Tarzan goes to New York idea, where Rogue eventually goes to the centre of whatever power base or whatever civilization is fighting these wars. And they try to reintegrate into reintegrate into society. And of course it doesn't work at all. He's a bit like those poor guys who came back from Vietnam or many other wars, you know, they come back, they're home, they're safe, and they're in bed in their, their childhood bedroom and their mum comes in and tw twinkles, twiddles their toe to wake them up for breakfast. And the next thing they know she's being held up against the wall with that guy's hands around her throat. So I can see that Rogue Rogue might be in normal, polite company. It might not quite fit. I thought that could be interesting as well. PTSD. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, there's lots of ways you could go with Rogue, even after he fulfills the original mission, which is like a bit like the Lone Ranger. And he's the Lone Ranger in a way, yeah. the, the origin story. With, Fri with Friday, was it designed as a complete reinvention of the Rogue Trooper mythos, or was it always designed to be a character with the original rogue somewhere off in a corner somewhere or was it just a, a clean slate was well i thought it would be a, a, a reboot of rogue Troop, not, right. not that we then find that there are all these different realities where there were different rogue troopers but i think the problem was that it not probably having been received as well as it might be they didn't feel that it was worth rejigging everything and they would shunt it off into a side side room but and indeed it's i mean the way i leave it in that story is it, i mean it's it's Christ, it's basically um, somebody who appears to be ordinary, who's born under strange circumstances, who fights, who dies, who comes back and saves everybody. So that, basically that story that I wrote is just that character of We end up with him voluntarily going back to New Earth to help try and salvage what humankind has abandoned. So you might have had to go somewhere with that because you, you know, he's now done that, so there needs to be other stories with other resolutions. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Right, uh, glasses of red wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, uh, well, sorry, just as you literally yeah. put a drink to your mouth. <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, you're you're the, uh, one of the current, well, the current artists on uh, Rogue Trooper, and you've got your own uh, kind of uh, space to reinvent and uh, uh, reinterpret the character, um, and along with Garth as well, uh, with the, the story that you're doing. Uh, can you just quickly talk about what you're currently doing with the with the book and with the character and where Rogue currently is? Uh, Rogue in, is based, I think, after his first year after okay. Dave's. So he's sort of is in his existing history. It's just like one little story. It's just happened during his time, but it's just right, okay. nobody's ever seen before. So it's just a standalone. I think thirteen episodes. I think it's up to episode eight at the moment. So uh, and most of it. Has been like a weird universal temporal shift and put Vogue in World War One for the time being. So Garth got to play with Battle Comics and got Shock to play horror with surprise. 2018 Comics. So, uh, but it's, I think it's just drifted back to New Earth now. So, so you've got the, the Tommies in New Earth now and see how they get on for the Noughts. Okay. I think so. you've integrated them really well because. Your World War One soldiers sometimes remind me of what Joe Calhoun did with Charlie's War, yeah. and, it, and to me they're very authentic World War One soldiers, and you integrate them really well with the style of Rogue Troopers. So yeah. I, again, I mean it's an interesting experiment, and it does diverge from the basic idea of Rogue Troopers, but it works because Rogue can be Rogue, and yeah. these it's, these poor bastards are stuck in it with it. You know? I think Garth is just all about it's just all war. <laughs> it's just war and it's, Again, shock or a surprise. But uh, it's, it's the I think well given too much away is sort of the point of the strip. So that it's like it's always going to be a war somewhere. Okay. So you'll see at the end. Fair enough. I'm going to ask a couple more questions, but I do want to open it up to everyone else. So do start thinking if you do have any questions for our uh, esteemed panel and esteemed guests. Uh, talking about the future of Rogue Trooper then um, considering that it pretty much has foretold a lot about um, um, if not future war but certainly future technology with the terms of AI and um, terms of uh, remote warfare and what we're seeing on a day to day basis whenever we turn on the news uh, where do you see the future of Rogue Trooper uh, foretelling down the line where do you see Rogue Trooper moving forward um, do, do you see well, what, what do you see as the future of Rogue Trooper 
we start with you, Chris. Uh, yes, uh, under the bus. Sorry, mate. <laughs> where, do, where, do you, where do you see Rogue Trooper um, going? Because he's been in so many different... I mean, he's been in a very pure war um, scenario, but then he's been in a very fantastical, um, sort of like alien invasion mm. kind of storylines. He's been all over the place. Uh, but that, ba- that basic uh, concept of, uh, the, like I say, the lone uh, uh, infantry, infantryman, yeah. Um, but with some technology which has really guided him and had that voice to his head, which we are seeing in today's warfare, where we have that kind of uh, remote warfare. As it um, I think I'd like to see uh, ex- exploring the, uh, the more of the evil corporations behind the war, really. And, uh, I mean, as far as they're concerned I think the project has been an enormous success because Rogue's just indestructible so you know I I think they'd be thinking yeah that turned out pretty good we want let's have some more of that I'd like to see Rogue visit other worlds where other kinds of Rogue troopers have been you know genetic infantrymen have been made probably each one calibrated for the you know different environments on different worlds so I'd like to see uh Explore the uh, the corporate side of it, much like you know, a bit like in Alien. There's always a little subplot with the evil corporation that's sending these astronauts, um, you know, off into the wilderness. And I'd like to see some of that. What's going going on? I know he, um, he in at the end of um, War Machine. I think Rogue wiped all the files, didn't he? Mm. Um, but I, I think I would write round that. So they've got they've got they've, they've backed up a copy somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's got a hard uh, thumb drive. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That to, to hand, uh, Henry. Uh, is there anything that you feel that uh, yeah, a way I, you could see Rogue disappearing off into a corner? Well, I, I quite like. Uh, I'd go with your Chris's idea. I think. <laughs> I can I, I like see this whole... going down the road. Yeah, I like his idea. Yeah, no, I like. Yeah. I, I think. I think I like the idea of the expanding universe. So, so uh, the 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 bit about um, what they were saying about the going back into um, uh, what the civilians are doing, you know, in um, uh, back on Earth or wherever it is that they, they're living in. So, so we don't know anything about the actual civilization that Road Trooper uh, is currently fighting. Oh, it's, for. It's very, I, mean, so, I think that's like when when I say it's a strong concept, uh, I, I mean it from that literally that first episode. I don't know how intentional this was, Dave. That it was literally. Uh, the launching of the mission, and you got no none of the backstory. You got none of the, not some, well, yeah, very little, if none of the backstory of why New Earth and why it was actually happening. You got maybe a, a text box saying that there is a future war, yeah. with none of the backstory. Well, I think Jerry would have to take the credit for that because he quite wisely went straight into the action. So you saw Rogue in action before you learned anything about him, which was a really clever way to do it. I, I played on the Evil Corporation a bit more in, in War Machine, and we meet the guy who's the CEO of this horrible evil thing and has modelled the genetic troopers on his own likeness. So that, that, that was something that you could have expanded from that. But just to switch gear, and I'll, I'll let other people talk, but um, there was another influence on the creation of Road Trip. There was a fiction writer, he wrote weird fantasy things and science fiction things. An English writer called Gerald Kirsch, and he was active in the 40s and 50s. And he wrote a short story called Corporal Cuckoo. You know, a cuckoo you know, lays its eggs in somebody else's nest. And he meets, it's in World War II, he tells it in the first person, he meets this soldier on a troop ship coming back from France. And he seems very old, this soldier, too old really to be an active participant in a battle. And for some reason, he takes his shirt off and he's covered in scars birds and everything like that and he speaks very strangely just keeps starts talking in um, Latin and starts talking in French and everything and he is this character who's wandering around the earth and cannot be killed and he, he, he loses he loses track of him he, he wants to find out more but the ship disembarks and he gets lost into the ground implying that he's out there somewhere so I think that was another idea for Rogan no matter what happens with technology or what you do with it it's, it's the idea that there will always be soldiers. Soldiers will always pay the price, and soldiers 
you know, will be affected forever by what's happened to them on behalf of the people who control the civilization. So that's just something that's a bit, bit offbeat. But, yeah. Sure. And our chaps at the end, um, like I say, the inf- where you see the what, well, what you would uh, do with Rogue Trooper. Well, um, the other sort of battle royale, you know, Japanese film. Indeed. But there's an island where they're all these high school kids who have to go and live. The, the last one alive is going to leave the island. All the others, until they, everyone else is dead. Nobody's safe. And I think by the end, you put Rogue Trooper on an island full of other killers from different dimensions, mm. and the last one. Alive is the one that can leave the island. So you could face up to all sorts of assassins and killers and stuff. Quite a simple story. Yeah, yeah that's good. Actually. Not too highfalutin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot of what I suggested has been uh, explored by uh, Gordon Rennie with Jaeger. Yeah. yeah. Our stories. And, and what was the other one he did? Uh, was it about uh, a spaceship? What was it called? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, my idea's already done, been done, really. <laughs> Not at all. Well, I did the, uh, the Road Trooper story in Dice Man. Pat Mills being Pat Mills. <laughs> tries to make everything in 2008 fit into a timeline. <laughs> so he worked out where in you know, the, the long line of stories in 2008 Road went. And that would be quite interesting to address. Where in terms of what relation is in terms of the ABC Warriors, we'll talk about or all. So if you wanted to expand it, expand it within the 2008 universe, because if Rogue's immortal, when you when you got the stories later on, we're talking about the Rogue would still be there. So that'd be cool. quite a nice sort of meaty story to do. Okay, mm, I like that. Yeah, there you go. Just think Pop that one. Think that one in my head. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow, that's a hell of a crossover. Good. Um, right, I'll open up to our audience. Uh, if anyone has any questions to our esteemed, audi- uh, esteemed guests, does anyone want to uh, put anything to these guys? Any questions at all? We have a couple over here. So, yes, uh, yeah. Falef, go for it, sir. Oh, question for Chris, because uh, you um, did some stuff as a, uh, a film version of uh, a picture of film version. Mm. Did you get any. No, nothing, nothing. It, it was like, I don't know, it, it was like chucking a, a, a pebble in a very deep <coughs> lock. We, we threw it, didn't hear anything back, really. No. Uh, it, it was it, I think at the time it was owned by Sam <coughs> Worthington's company. Uh, and I was doing, we, we sort of, I brainstormed it with Gary Witter that did Star Wars Rogue One, because I knew him from... We worked together on uh, the Book of Eli, and we both loved Road Trooper. We said, let's try and get a Road Trooper film. And we, so we just put a pitch package <coughs> together, sent it to uh, Sam Worthington's company, I think it was at the time, but heard absolutely nothing back, I'm afraid. That's a shame. But there might be other stuff happening on this... Does anyone on the panel know of anything? I mean, everyone, everyone keeps talking about Duncan Jones, and I did actually reach out to him and say if you wanted to send out a message, and he's, uh, I've had total silence. Uh, so that is either Duncan Jones being uh, deliberately enig- enigmatic, or he's been completely removed from the project, and he's just moved on entirely. Who knows? Um, question here, sir. For each of the panel, really, if you had your dream writer, illustrator for Rogue, who would it be? Okay. I'd love, Dream see, right. I'd love to see Carlos uh, 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 Rome, but uh, you know, just just well, obviously it won't happen. But like, it would have been amazing to see what his interpretation would have been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do I think that really says it all. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so, oh, I'd like Ian Kennedy to have a go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, that's... sorry, I was really thrilled that. Jose Ortiz actually joins. Oh, yeah, and actually, I've got one of the originals because he used to work in the same art page. And it's brilliant because he again was somebody else that I was looking at when yeah. I was designing it. And he's got that wonderful, gritty, world, world, um, Wild West kind of feel as well. So he was somebody who I'd like to see draw it. I actually did see him draw it. Wow. Uh, writers? Anyone that you'd love to see write? Because the concept's great as a visual uh, storyline uh, the, the, the stories have been I'm going to say hit and miss 
over the course of uh, the uh, the years of uh, Rogue Trooper. When it's hit, it's hit very strong. Um, writers that you would love to see really kind of come at Rogue Trooper. I, for me, I would getting outside of comics. Actually, I'd love to see Adrian Tchaikovsky ever go. Because his science fiction novels, he plays very well with you know, high concepts and personal interrelations. So he's he's got that sort of Arthur C. Clarke big idea stuff, but he's also got sort of the, the down and you know things you can relate to the people in the story. And I think that'd be a really really nice approach. Because you'd have the humanity of Rogue, which I think which makes him work with, you know, whatever comes out of Adrian's head at that point. I think that'd be fascinating to so. see. Anyone else? Well, as for who would write it, I think Garth is the perfect choice. Garth has got an understanding of Well, I mean, Frank, he, he really wanted to be a sergeant in World War II, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he just loves the whole mystique of the services and all that stuff. I think sergeant's a bit... Uh, I think they aim a little higher with the ranking, perhaps. Well, I don't know. I've a fantastic thing. I'm, I'm at the stage where I read uh, obituaries all the time because I want to see who's still with us. There was this guy who was a master sergeant in World War II and he was the highest ranking officer left in his group of men, there were about 120 of them that had been captured by the Germans in the Battle of the Bulge. And the, the SS guy who was with the Germans said, um, right, to the, the uh, sergeant, I want you to get all the Jewish soldiers to come forward. So he ordered all his platoon to step forward. He said, we're all Jewish. And the guy said, right, Spilat, I'm Spartacus. And he said, no, but you tell me now or I kill you. And the sergeant said, if you kill me, you'll have to kill, kill us all. Then as well. And that was in 1944, and he's just died on his 97th birthday. Oh, wow. And I thought that was quite inspirational. And that's the kind of stories about war, that there's a little more to it than just killing people. Mm. Mm. It does go to humanity. And, and those war picture library stories that a lot of us love growing up, they were always about um, regret. Or they were always about it opens to the whole uh, panel. Do you feel that Rogue Trooper was searching for peace, or was it? But as a, uh, it was a yeah. genetic genetic infantryman. He was bred for war. Do you feel he was searching for uh, some kind of serenity at some point? I just think he wanted to get through it. Or you know, oh, was it just endurance? Yeah, and I think he was aware enough because in the war machine one, I I implied that. When they made it, when they dropped the DNA together, that they didn't do it quite right. So he's flawed. He's a road trip. It's not right. Like he, all, all the others were just doggedly fighting, fighting, fighting. But he's got a little bit of humanity. I love the idea. It's yeah, brilliant. yeah. And and that's what keeps him there. That's and that's why he, he introspects about it. You know, rather than just getting like a kill people, which is what all the others would have done. Sure. Yeah, I okay. Did, I had an idea years back, which I never managed to get together, which was the idea of doing a one-off. 1000 AD, so it's 2000 AD, and Road Trooper would be a Crusader knight that was haunted by his son. I love that. Actually, that's time to the talk about it. It's all coming together. Yeah, copyright Mike Collins, there you go, just uh, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> Any other questions? We have one right in the back. Go for it, sir. Uh, this is to the artist. Technology has obviously changed the creative process uh, over the years since Rogue Trooper has been released. Uh, how has technology shaped your art from where you started off to where you are now? Who's digital on stage? I'm okay. Well, as much okay. as I do anything, I'm likely to do it digitally. <laughs> okay. But, Sorry, I'm going to dive in again. I'm sorry to keep keep going. <laughs> but um, you know, once I start talking, you know, no, I was influenced by technology when I came to draw Rogue at the very, very beginning. And that technology was a one pound fifty platinum fountain pen I bought out of Smith's and a dishcloth. And so I, I think you used to do it as well, Mike. So J cloth with, with a J cloth <laughs> to dip it in the ink and then bump it, as we call it, bump it. Know, so that you've got texture and you've got absolutely really easily for yeah. loads of space but actually having to draw anything. And the, and the, the really cheap fountain pen gave not a very nice line, so it's a bit of a rough line, so I've got a tendency to get really smoothed out. So I drew it with something that I couldn't get noodly with that wasn't going to be a bit crude, whatever I did with it. So that was the technology then. And I suppose if I ever 
I did draw a little bit of road trooper for a one-off page in a 2018, not very long ago. And I actually tried to use a slightly rougher digital pen to try and get the same effect. I, I didn't succeed, but it actually there was a technology working against the classic road look. It's all tools at the end of the day. I mean, whether I'm working in pencil or whether I'm working on the iPad, it's just a tool for. And then the eyes go in at this age, that the iPad is great for the super writing and stuff. Fixing this book. I was. tools. I was kind of. I wanted to see, or I've always wanted to see a version of Rogue Trooper where the backgrounds have been done uh, in pen and ink and paint. Where, but Rogue is as clean as they can because you're talking about um, kind of getting that texture. But Rogue is designed. Uh, he's, he's kind of like it's almost like this. It, he's out. He's fresh out of the bottle, as it were. Yeah. So uh, and having almost like a, the, a, a clean digital kind of character planted in the middle of this very rough new earth uh, background. Um, I don't know if that. Uh, Okay, that's my idea, just gone completely <laughs> flat on this button. I said it could work. Yeah. It could work. I felt what you actually felt. It's okay, I, I got it. <laughs> question there, sir. Yeah, question for uh, Patrick, who's writing Rogue, who's drawing Rogue at the moment. Um, usually Rogue's about action, and there's the best scene ever around a campfire where he's enjoying the banter of the troops, and there's a young man there, and he smiles. Did you know you were going to get kind of talking head stuff to draw when you accepted Rogue, or did you think it was all going to be action? How does it feel to draw such amazing stuff? I thought it was going to be sort of more action, then obviously futuristic more, but then uh, obviously I had all the script then straight away, and then I dug out all my Charlie's War books and just uh, got depressed. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, oh God, I've got to draw some of this. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think going towards you know, his Garth's writing, and it is trying to you know, I think episode eight, they sort of start talking about why there's certain dynamics between some of the characters who are just signing up in World War One, the excitement on Earth for the country. You've got the sergeant who just he wants to get them all through it alive. He'll do whatever. You've got one or two sort of not uh, uh, what do you call them? Conscientious objectors. Conscientious yeah, objectors. They're not sort of that, but they sort of questioning why they think this is going to be all to end all wars, but obviously he doesn't. But uh, yeah, it's, it's nice little moments. It's, I got to draw, I think, Rogue smiling, which, you know, but it worked, in the, not in a, a goofy way. Just because, you know, he, he realizes he has his mates with him and he sees the same amongst the other five Tommies, so. Um, I'm not gonna have you answering this question. I will point this to the other five. How excited are you about seeing a rogue trooper story uh, appearing in 2018. When you f read that there is a rogue trooper story coming, that there is a continuation of the character, how excited are you about seeing rogue trooper continue forward in 2018? Or do you feel that there is a time where it can sort of like step back, have a breather, and then uh, uh, reinvigorate itself? How, uh, how excited, Chris, how excited are you to sort of like go, ah, right. A new Rogue Trooper story. No, I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, um, I think he's quite uh, obviously now that he's caught the Traitor General, and if we're going back to the original version, sure. there's, it's it's a challenge to come up with new stories for him to do. But so I think he's a character. I don't think he'd work like Judge Dredd, where he's in the comic every week. Uh, but it's nice to have him like come in. Well, every two years. I think that's what I was. I think I was trying to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and make it more of an event. I think definitely, and it's definitely Patrick's run has been like a has, a, has had a fresh feel of an event. Yeah, yeah fresh yeah. energy, and with a big name writer on it as well. I think that's the way to go. Don't have him in it very often, but make a big deal out of it when he is. Yeah, Henry. Well, yeah, uh, it's got a lot of nostalgia value as well. It, uh, it takes me right back to being a teenager again. But you have these big names like Slade and uh, Strong Dog, Judge Dredd, and then you've got Road Trooper, and he's he just part... He's in the same the, breath, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's just part of the, you know, big... Is it the Big Five? The Big Lexicon? No, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I don't know what they say, but, like, yeah, it's, it's that, that thing. He's, he's kind of like a... 
yeah, major part of 2008. So, so having him in the comic is just like, ah, great, we got we got 2008 back. You know, yeah. like a, uh, there's something cool. strong about uh, that yeah. idea. I'll go at the other end and work towards the middle. Um, Mike, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Patrick's artwork. <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. I haven't seen. Well, I've seen the old bit on uh, Facebook and stuff. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be very good, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Collins, um, how, yeah, how invigorated are you by seeing the words Rogue Trooper in 2080, or do you feel that there is a, a time that you can kind of like take a breath and come back at it? I mean, what's... No, I'm, I'm with Chris and Henry and Michael. It's just that character that you really want to see done well. And, you know, having Patrick working with Garth, like giving Garth his break, it's really good to be. Um, <laughs> I mean, you just knew immediately this was going to be an event strip. I didn't know where it was going to go and when it ends up in World War One. It's like, oh my god, this is this is a twist I've never seen before. And actually, it's been a revelation. Both things that Dave said today. The idea of uh, Robert E. Howard is a great way of approaching it because actually, the, the first Conan that Robert E. Howard wrote was King Conan. I was, and then he went back because he thought, oh, this is a really good character. But you know, I fancy doing a pirate story, or I fancy doing a story where he's sort of, you know wandering through you know wherever and so you just dip into Conan's history so the World War One story is great because that's what it's doing it's taking this character that we we know you know in a head like five six with no road trip he's this character and then put him in these different locations and make him interactive and you know, as a reader I want to see more of that yeah yeah. I, I didn't know that about the old yeah. the Conan stuff was, was yeah. crazy but I think one of the things about Rogue is a bit like Judge Dredd, they're like the still centre of their universes. Yeah. That anything can rotate around Rogue about how outrageous and he was always, always yeah. the same. But to come to the question that you actually asked, yeah, I'm always thrilled, not because I had a hand in creating. I mean, you're talking um, 30, 30 plus years of the character yeah, now? I mean, I'm, I'm always thrilled when Rogue turns up, but I think that's what the way 2008 has been. It's, sort of, it's almost like a geological time scale, mm. you know. It, it, it has its, its eras of really strong stuff and then not quite so strong stuff and then it comes up again. And I think the way they rotate characters in and out is one of the things that really keeps it keeps it alive. You know, when your particular favourite turns up, you're excited all over again. You know? So I think that's a, a good way to deal with it. Just do a few stories and do them really well and make them something special. Cool. Do we have any last questions? Oh, we've got two. Okay, go for it. Patrick. This panel, how much are you bricking it so you've got the latest illustrator? What's that? And you, how much are you bricking it sitting there? So you've got the, <laughs> <laughs> you've got the, the creator, yeah. industry heavyweight of drawing. Everything. I think I'll meet Jerry next week. Jerry's oh. like a, a, a skilling, I think, so I'll get oh, wow. to chat to him as well. So, uh, yeah, it's daunting. It's great to have a young lad. Just getting his start, getting his, <laughs> so like just getting into it. I think it's great that he's sort of like getting to meet his peers and it'll go from there. I think it's great. And a question from the back, sir. Uh, you know, if there are any plans to do like another case files for the third one, you can't get another money. Is there any chance of fourth one collect more of these stories? It's uh, a good question. Nobody from Rebellion here. Yeah, no, no, no. his Rebellion's uh, uh, point of yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think Garth is hoping that this will get collected, yeah. mm. and then he might have another idea for another one. Sure. <laughs> that sounds promising. I mean, I I've, uh, would like to have a one-shot of some description where there is no rogue trooper, and it's just about the biochips. Uh, just the just the three uh, just uh, the, the three biochips and just a, uh, an, uh, an adventure with those and I'd like Dave to draw it um, just to see um, biochips in a, in a radiation damaged puddle and it's going to be talking heads it's going to be talking lumps of metal I draw that in a there is an episode that Cam drew that is pretty much that. Oh, man, I, I, did I miss that? He rose out of it, and the chips are just chatting the whole way through the story. Okay, I'll have to revisit that. Okay, I'll have to go back. Um, I think it's safe to say we are going to see... I mean, it sounds like we're going to be seeing some more Rogue Trooper uh, down the line from numerous... Not a sequel. No, from numerous collect- uh, creators. Uh, and I think we're all looking forward to seeing 
what uh, those uh, artists bring. But I think we'd all love to see these guys draw um, uh, Rogue Trooper one more time and throughout the course of their, uh, their, the rest of their careers. Ladies and gentlemen, can you put your hands together for this illustrious... Down the row, uh, starting with yourself, uh, Mike, at the end. Uh, tell us where you are in the room so people can find you. Uh, I'm in that room over there. Room that. <laughs> I can see this being a generic. It was a mistake for me to say straight ahead. We're either in the room over there. Yeah. And I'm opposite Mike. And you're <laughs> in the room over there. I'm in the same room as the two Mikes. <laughs> and you are in the back corner. I know that's where you are. Next to McMahon. Next to McMahon. Yeah. I'm in the same room opposite as well. Okay, yeah, okay, and uh, no, I'm sitting next to him. Next to him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. Ladies and gentlemen, Road Trooper Reunion. Thank you very much.